Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to Real Mentors Radio. It's a Friday morning, and I tell you what, man, it is not a cloud in the sky down here on the Emerald Coast. We are getting ready today to launch our weekend poker run. Uh, we have got so many speedboats in town, and it's fun to watch. Man, Jetty, my eight-year-old, just has a blast. All these big, super-fast boats that are out here. It's the kind that you would see if you were an 80s fan of Miami Vice. These are the type of boats that they're there. And, uh, man, they're just some beautiful stuff that's happening out here. And today, we are in Chris Widener's book, The Angel Inside, Michelangelo's Secrets. For following your passion and finding, I'm going to change his word, finding the life you love. Chris put down the work that you love, but this book, uh, I, I tell you what, it, it has changed so much for me in such a short period of time. And today we're going to get into some of that because today we're looking at embracing the stages of chipping, sculpting, sanding, and polishing. And it's funny because every day, I think because I seek it out, I'm getting chipped a little bit. In other areas, I'm getting sculpted. In a lot of ways, I'm getting sanded, and, and I'm still, I think I'm still a little rough around the edges, but there's some polishing that's coming through. But Chris writes something in here that really stood out. He, he says this right off the bat. He said, we must go through the same progression. Chip away what doesn't belong, sculpt our lives and give them form through the people we associate with and the information that we take in, allow the rough spots in our lives to be sanded away through adversity and suffering, and then and only then are we ready to be polished and let our power and beauty show in all their glory. I was setting where I usually set at Harbor Dock today watching dolphins play and as the dolphins would jump out of the water and the sun would hit their beautiful sides you could see the the sun glisten off of it i mean just polished smooth looking but yet up close sometimes we can see those rough spots i've seen nicks in the dolphins where they fought with sharks and i thought how many times do we as people look at a distance at what looks like a polished individual. But when we get up close, we find out that the sculpture isn't complete. And I thought, man, this is just, each chapter brings me such wisdom from Chris. And, and it's like, man, I just love this. As we left off yesterday, they're in the workshop. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the old man took Tom to the center of the room today, and he said, I want you to look around. Look at all the sculptures at the different stages in their creation. Essentially, though there's only four acts that take you from the raw material to the finished piece, the chipping, the sculpting, the sanding, and the polishing, there's a lot that has to be done in each stage. And I think that if we sit here for a second and we think about our own life, Sometimes we try, because we live in an instant gratification world, we try to shortcut each stage. My girls today are going through a 
what I think will probably be a little bit of all four stages. They're going to a a 24-hour youth lock-in where they will be going through some learning experiences, some some team experiences. It's going to be a fun time for them. And they'll come out beautiful, a lot better, I think, little girls, teenagers, than they went in just 24 hours later. It's because I've sat down with some of the leaders, and it's exciting to see what they're going to be doing. And it's easy to do that when you're a teenager. Matter of fact, last night the girl said, Dad, can you take us over to the church? And I said, Honey, I got my my radio show at 9 o'clock, but here's what I want us to do. Let's figure out a way to make this work for everybody. So Paige and I and the girls started figuring out a process. And this morning they had it figured out. Tessa's going to the chiropractor. Mom's picking up one of, <coughs> excuse me, one of the other little girls, and they're headed over to the lock-in. But now here's where this comes into play for today. Cassie last night said, Dad, so-and-so's dad says that he can take us. He'll pick us up at 8.30. I said, okay, that's great. That'll save us all some time now that we've already made plans. 8.30 rolled around. And a frustrated teenage daughter calls and says, I'm sorry, and this is embarrassing, but now my dad's changed his mind and says he can't take us at all until later in the day because he has a, an appointment to make. And I thought, wow. And, of course, Paige said, that's no problem. We'll go pick her up, and we'll take her, too. Don't you sweat it. You guys will get there on time. And I thought, here's a piece of an individual. I know this gentleman very well. And on the outside, he looks very polished. But he's not yet gone through all the stages of chipping, sculpting, and sanding. And the reason I say that is it's for a variety of reasons, but this is just one. You know, he just recently went through a divorce and, and the same process with his wife as with his daughter. And I looked at that and I thought, man, we just can't be that way. We have to not shortcut. We don't want to speed through a process and not do it right. We want to make sure that through all four stages we've taken our time. The old man says this. He says, I like to think that life is this way. There are times when the supreme artist chips away at us. Other times when he's sculpting us. Other times when he's sanding us. And then there's times when he's polishing. All of these are needed to create a beautiful life just as they are needed to create a beautiful sculpture. One of my favorite verses in Proverbs says, As iron sharpens iron, so does one friend to another. My good friend Richard Brook wrote on Facebook today, four wonderful days on my bike at Lake Louise, British Columbia. And I wrote back and I said, some of my most most great memories as a child was at Lake Louise and Jasper and Banff. I said, man, have fun, buddy. He's living that life. But just a few weeks ago, he was on the phone with me, chipping away, sanding some areas, working with me to, to present a polished presentation come September. And I thought, man, this is this is truly what Chris is writing at. I know him and Chris are great friends, and they, they chip away and sculpt at each other all the time, just like the supreme artist. As iron sharpens iron, so does one friend to another. 
How many times I told Richard the other day, man, you're chewing my butt. How many times do you feel like you've had a butt chewing? Feel like, man, if there's any more of me to cut off, I'd be flat. But yet you walk away from that session and you know that you're a better person. When Richard does that, it's easy. When God does it to me, man, sometimes it hurts because I don't learn as fast. And here we are going through this book, and I thought, man, I just love this. All we have to do is allow the supreme artist to work on us. The old man said, Thomas, the problem, sorry for my voice, said, Thomas, the problem isn't whether people can see the process but it's whether can they accept it. And furthermore, most important, whether they will embrace it. So many times in life, people do not want to embrace what's going on. One of my other good friends, he's younger than I am, Art Jonak, wrote a a, a leadership mantra yesterday that says, make change, not excuses. And I said, Art, Man, doesn't it go beyond change to transformation? And he put some more stuff up. And then today I'm sitting there thinking, change comes first, then transformation. See, if you're not willing to embrace change in your life, there's no way that you can transform into that finished product. Think about this. Here's the marble in front of of the sculptor. And if the marble says, I don't want you to crack me, I don't want to change, I like being this this block, then the sculptor may look at that and say, I'm just going to leave it as it is. Or what happens, just like in this story, where two or three sculptors, artists, looked at it and said, "It, it isn't worth anything, we'll just leave it there. Boy, that one I bet hits home. How many times have people looked at you and you're a has-been, you're a wannabe, you're a nobody, you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. You're a jerk, you're a whore, you're worthless. You're used, you're abused. How many times? Think about this, folks. This is what we're talking about here. But yet, the supreme artist, those that you accept into your life even, if you pick the right people, if you get the right artist, and then you're willing to embrace the change and not accept the fate that you may think you've been dealt, the sky can be the limit. The old man said, yes, you have to embrace it. You see, if we simply accept it, we are still not necessarily a willing participant in the process. That is, we are not necessarily participants with positive attitudes. And that's the key, a positive attitude about the process. See, that's the difference. I know that each day that I get up, it isn't going to be a perfect day. It's, I, I live in the most beautiful place I think God ever created, but it's not utopia. And when you have six kids with three of them grown adult men, guess what? You are going to have some weird days. And then top that out with two teenage girls 17 months apart, who are the most drop-dead gorgeous gals I think ever God created except their mom, and you add even more to it. Then put up there an 8-year-old that thinks he runs the house and is inquisitive as the day is long, and you just added a little bit more 
to the process and then add three wild and crazy granddaughters that are all three, two of them are three and, and one of them's two, and they all want to be just like each other. They're like sisters. And, man, you've got one heck of a day for you. And I feel like I'm being chipped at, sculpted at, sanded at. I'm working on the polishing. But it's exciting because I know the process each day is going to be invigorating. See, that's the key. So you got to look at what, how can I, how can you and I embrace, no matter what our ages are, no matter what, how far in life we have become. Remember, Colonel Sanders was 65 before he ever launched KFC. Where are we at life? What can we do? Let's look at chipping for a minute. Every person has parts of them that simply need to go. Our negative attitude, our crap, whatever it is. The way we treat people, the way we don't treat people. If those parts stay, they might reveal, they might never reveal the angel inside. Some people just got to always be right. It's my way or the highway. You don't have a clue what you're talking about. I'm the smartest person God ever created. Sometimes that happens. If they don't want to chip away at that, it just eats them up inside because eventually they look around and there's no friends. But if we're going to create life of power and of beauty, then we must allow ourselves to go through the process that chips away at all the parts that hide our true self. We have to embrace that. You know why most people don't? Pain. I use my, my dad and my mom a lot. I use my sibling. I use my kids. I use my wife. <clears throat> my dad said something to me a long time ago. And when I got to this part today, I thought about this. Because the old man says the reason people don't like the process is because of pain. People are afraid of pain, physical pain, emotional pain, psychological pain. When we lose parts of ourselves, even bad parts that keep us from growing, it hurts. It hurts because we become comfortable with our negative aspects. We've learned to compensate for them. So rather than allow them to be chipped away, we run, we run away from the process. And because of that, we get stuck where we are, and our angel never comes to the surface. Now, you may say, Troy, you just said you dad said something. Well, here's, here's where I'm going to go with this. long time ago, my dad said to me, son, it seems like every time I tell somebody I love them, they die. And, and one of the last people that I know that my dad truly just passionately loved was a man I call my Uncle Mel. He was my daddy's best friend. And all my life I've analyzed what my dad said there. Because I thought, man, the pain that, that, that has to be there, the frustration, the, the walls that you put up around you not to become close to people. Because of the pain, the frustration. I've watched him lose his dad, his mom. And I thought, man, that's, that, I see his point. And for a long, long time I was a lot like my dad in that aspect. Because... I didn't want to lose people that I loved. And and I and I man, my I look up to my dad. 
But I, I, I was, I was reading this today. I thought, well, dadgummit, my dad got stuck in part of the process. And, and I didn't know. I mean, I'm an adult now. I'm 47 years old. So you know, things that your, your dad and your mom say to you as you're growing up, you sometime it, you know, you got to become an adult and, yes, be hit enough on the head for you to realize it. And that's what I looked at. I looked at that and I thought, wow. Although Dad had a rock-solid point, and I fully understand it, I looked at it today and I thought, I wonder if God felt that way when Jesus was hanging on the cross. Or did he realize that sometimes you lose one that you love in order to bless somebody else in life? And I thought, you know, I know my dad lost my Uncle Mel, but... At the same time, him and my mom had just gotten together. They they were freshly married. And I thought, I wonder if that was part of the process that made my mom and dad so close over the years. Now, we'll never know. But I thought, man, this is just this is pretty cool because even though my dad is like this really stud, tough dude, you know, every now and then he'd let you see that angel inside. And I remember my mom one day. We were talking, and and you got to understand, my I, I was I was my mama's baby, and and we're talking about about loving a woman, and the twinkle that she'd get in her eye, and she'd said, you know, you couldn't ask for a better lover, a better husband than your dad. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool. Because I just seem as this big old mean grumpy bear that wants to kick my butt all the time, but yet here she was showing me his angel inside. That tender side, the side that she'd fallen in love with that probably nobody ever got to see. So as I was reading this, I thought, man, I never want to get stuck in the process. I never want the pain to stop me from moving forward. The old man went on and he said, There are parts of you that must be chipped away if you're to become the person that you want to become, the person that you're destined to become. If you do not allow the chipping away of the exterior, you will never or you'll forever hide the angel inside. He said that the example of the next lesson, he said, do you see the different chisels? from the one used to take off the large parts to the small part. And he said, yes. He says, he's gone past the chipping to the sculpting. And this is different. See, in the chipping, you take off what doesn't belong, while sculpting is the fine art of slowly and delicately revealing the form and beauty of the piece. And I thought, wow. And I thought back of all those conversations that my mom would have when she'd read me bedtime stories or when we were talking and she was sharing her life with me. I thought back of all those times my dad would pull me aside and have a talk with me. And I thought that was the sculpting moment. Those were the moments when they weren't chipping away at my my exterior. This is when they were honing me to become the man, the father, the lover, the husband that I am today. The old man said, this is where the artists begin to transform the marble into the piece it's intended to become. I thought, wow. I started out as this little baby. Now I became the father of several babies. 
I look at all the families around me, just like my my friend and his daughter today, and I look at the the fact that just not two years ago they looked like the happily married American couple with two kids and great jobs and several homes and and now they're divorced. And I wondered where they missed it in the process. And I look at the 24 years that I've had with my wife, and I look at the fact that our parents made a commitment, and they've stayed married even through the hellacious years sometimes. They stuck it out because of a commitment, and they've grown to love each other even further. said, when we have allowed life and our own actions of discipline to eliminate that which hides our true inner selves, we then must actively form a life that we want to lead. See, once the sculpting takes place, you can start to see the angel coming out. And I thought, man, this is great. This is fun. The old man says, there are many tools for this, Thomas. The tools of the sculptor are few, but the the tools for sculpting a life are many. He said, we are a product of many things that we allow to shape and influence our lives. Everything and everyone that we interact with will shape and mold the person we become. This concludes both what we choose to involve ourselves with and what we choose not to involve ourselves with. And he gives some examples. First, he says, Foremost are the people with whom you involve yourselves. Our business associates and our friends are people who we can choose at will. We should choose these people wisely for what they will work, for what they will help us become. And I thought, man, some relationships are just toxic and you need to get them out of your life. Period. And you know, this is going to sound pretty harsh, but... If you have kids, your your first responsibility needs to be to your, to your spouse. If you've got kids and they're toxic on your relationship, and I'm not talking about adolescents, I'm talking about adult kids, then by golly, you better tell them, you know what, hit the road, Jack. I had to do that last week. My boy, my boy's old enough to be on their own. And by golly, you know what, a little pain has gone a long way with both of them. Sometimes you have to do that. See, we should seek out those who will challenge and encourage us to become the best we can become. There's friendships that I've just had to put on the back burner because every time I talk to them, it's, oh, poor me. Oh, my business sucks. What have you done to try to do anything? I didn't do anything. I was at the bar. Oh, hello. You know, the old man said, second is the books that we read. See, one thing that I find today is people don't want to read books. Now, thank goodness the Kindle and the iPads come out because more and more people are reading. But I go through hundreds of books a year. We do, we do I don't know, 27 to, to 30 books a year just on this radio show. If I can pick it up, if I can read it, if I can look at it, and I don't even count the magazines. And then every now and then I pick up a book like this that I just devour and read it over and over and so that I can get more and more out of it. I've read every book John Maxwell has ever written. I've read every book that Andy Stanley has ever written. I've read every book that Anthony Robbins has ever written. I will read every book that Chris Widener writes. 
I've written every book that Richard Brooke has written. There, I mean, you, you devour what helps you. See, that's the key. And you want to know what's even better? I have books that you guys probably have never heard of, or, or maybe you've heard of them, but you don't know what they are. Josephus, Flail, Flyo, Philo, I don't know how to say it. I just know it's a good book. I have, I have books that are written that are ancient books. Shakespeare is phenomenal to read. I suggest you read all of his works. I have the electronic rights to think and grow rich. There's all this stuff that you can read. Folks, look, if you want to change your life, read it. You know the oldest book I ever read is the Bible. Because I find wisdom in it no matter what I'm going through in life. You can use DVDs, you can use whatever, but it, it, it's got to make a difference. Let's look at the sanding of the statue. When you're sanding, the sanding represents those times in our life when seemingly negative situations surround us. It's when things grate against us, when they can be irritable, people, circumstances, etc. Paige laughs sometimes because she knows that I understand that iron sharpening iron, that, that, that sanding process. But she also knows that if people rub me the wrong way long enough, I'll eventually say enough. And I'll take that sharpened, honed edge, and we will take action. Prime example is, is the custody of our youngest granddaughter. I kind of let things just kind of go for a while, and, and we kept going to court, and we kept getting postponed because of the, the other side. And finally, I called my attorney and said, I'm done. Here's the way this is going to take place, and here's how we're going to do it. And she said, Troy, that's, un, uh, that's totally unorthodox, and the, and the judge could freak out and, and tell you you can't have the baby. I said, I guess that's a chance we're going to have to take, isn't it? And two months later, the judge ruled in our favor because of the idiosyncrasies of the other side. There are times when you have to let that sanding process polish you down, sharpen you up, smooth you out so that you can get polished, so that you can move to that last stage, which I think never ends. You're always going to go through adversity. There's always going to be a new part of you that's going to be sanded down. There's always going to be a rough edge. Sometimes, you know what I think happens? And Chris didn't write this, and, and when I see him, I'm, I'm hoping to see him in a few months. I'm going to ask him, I'm going to say, Chris, is there times when the sculptor has to go back and start sanding again because... Something hits you and chips something off, and he's got to, you know, maybe chip away at it, a little sand it, polish it back up. Because I think that's what happens to me. I think every now and then things just, just, just got to get chipped away, got to get sanded a little bit. But we must know that polishing will always come last. Michelangelo would have created nothing had he started with polishing the marble. First, he had to chip it, sculpt it, and sand it, and only then could he begin to polish the giant, thus leaving the world with his lasting work of power and beauty. And as Chris writes, the same is true in life. See, if we're going to make a difference, then what we need to do is remember this. See, I don't believe we're going to remember everything in this book, but I do believe that you will remember what you need 
to remember. And it will be one of the most powerful times in your life. I've heard from many people, my mom included, that have had just pivotal moments going through this book with us on the radio show. Folks, you make my day worthwhile. Be with Jim Gilhouse and me this afternoon on Aces Radio Live. We're going to have an awesome time. Be back here next Monday as we begin being content. Sometimes success takes years. Now that's going to be an interesting chapter. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Bye now.